This week has flown by, but it's also been a long-ass day today. Yeah. Very busy weeks. I feel like everyone's taking their holidays over the holidays. Yeah. So there's all these things that they promised their bosses that they were going to finish by the end of the year. And suddenly they're like, shit. <laughs> the yeah. end of the year is three weeks away. They're Fuck. like, wait, I'm gone in like 10 days. Or they're like, oh, the deadline is like beginning of January. I'm like, is that like, do I need to finish it now? Do I need to stress when I get back? Yeah. It just freaks me out. I was like, oh, don't worry. You have five weeks. I'm like, yeah, two two of those I'm gone. So yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a hectic time. I'm sure it's hectic wherever you are. Kenya, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, guys. So um, you know how last episode we upgraded and we're now also available on Spotify and all major platforms. Um, But with upgrading to pro... Because we felt we were ready. Um, we could also see stats on our podcast and where our listeners are from. And there's two people from Kenya. We were wondering if it's the same person who listened twice, which would be even more exciting. Yeah. If you're the person from Kenya listening, hello. Is this creepy? Hello. <laughs> um, if you're the person from Kenya listening, can you head over to our Instagram yeah, and literally. comments? Because we would really like to know who you are and how you found us. You can find our Instagram at After Work Murder Club. We're still trying to grow it. Um, so last time we gave a disclaimer that yes we were that account with nine followers we're now that account with 10 followers yeah guys we hit the two digits (laughs) not too long until we got the three digits under our belt i'm staying positive (laughs) it's a lot of crickets on that (laughs) on that platform it's funny because it's a time of year where everyone shares their top spotify oh yeah um so and uh, apparently it's a thing for podcasts Mm -hmm. too so I we follow all these podcasts that are sharing, um, you know, that they're in the top 10 of everyone and then how many downloads and thank you so much for an amazing year. Literally. Meanwhile, we're here basically <laughs> having an orgasm over the fact that we already have 26 downloads and it's only Friday. Hey! Yeah, guys. Mary Woo. Vincent's episode is, I feel like, going to be our best performing one so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're hoping this time next year we'll be in all of you guys' Spotify wrapped pictures imagine honestly imagine I feel like that's like gonna a happen. year <laughs> i mean like... never say never we're gonna dig up this recording for that if we ever do make it on we'll be like oh my god look at us talking about it sometimes i lay awake at night thinking about this podcast and oh what else we can bring on and i was so shocked because last time in our intro we didn't tell them about <laughs> About what happened to you? Oh my god! During the meeting. Oh my god! Okay, that was this week. It's was work this la- related it was and week. it's podcast related. Yeah, How guys, did we not? I tell accidentally them? mixed up my work world and my podcast world against <laughs> my will. So Sophie and I are like low high key keeping this a secret from people from our work. Well, yes, no one in our like I do not work want anyone. Find out. Yeah, I don't want anyone that I know. That's not like my friend to know that I'm doing this. When there's 2.3 million of you, yes, they yeah, can then find I'll come out. out. I'll come out of the closet. It's fine. <laughs> now that there's 26 of you a week, um, yeah, maybe let's not. Like, I'm not ready for one of those to be someone from my work, <laughs> period. Just, I'm not okay with it. Anyway, but so I had a meeting last week with my manager and like an external party um, who were based in London, actually. And th- London. They were very sophisticated. It was like a design agency. So they were like these creative people. 
And we were like, yeah, let's have a little video chat to like introduce ourselves. So they sent over the meeting link and they used Google Meets, which who does that? First of all, like I've, we've Sus. always used Microsoft Teams, which I feel like. Yeah, that's pretty safe. It's safe. It has my LinkedIn picture. Yeah. It, you can plan it in the thing. Like you can join it's in your calendar. Person. If you meet me on Teams versus Google. Well, <laughs> so it was me, my manager, and this external like design agency, and it was time for the meeting. I was like a little early. I'm like getting this bread. I log, I like join the meeting, and I'm in the virtual waiting room, which I hate that that's a thing, but I'm waiting yeah. in the lobby. And they let me in, and it's these two dudes, and they looked so shook when they saw me. And I was like, okay, did they picture someone else? Like that? Yeah. I don't know. I was so confused, and they're like, oh, Elisa, it's you. And I was like, hi, we've literally never met. Like, we've never seen each other before. Like, why would you? Yeah. What's this reaction about? And they're like, we saw this account called afterworkmurderclub at gmail.com sitting in our waiting room. <laughs> and I literally was going to, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. Period. I Like, my manager, thank I'm God. I'm so happy for you that your manager wasn't there. Yeah, he yet. had not logged on, like, into the meeting. But I literally was like instant red instant dread and i was like oh haha and they're like are you gonna murder us <laughs> are you going to murder us and i literally us? go no that's for Play after any chance? work <laughs> that's for and they're like oh ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and i literally i wanted to die now i told them i was like it's my manager still wasn't here thank god he was like two minutes late but yeah. i was like oh it's just a podcast i'm working on like ignore it ignore it and then as like my manager joined i like freak texted sophie and i was like the worst thing that just happened in my entire life <laughs> i'm like can he see can he see yeah, like so, what's your name on yeah Google Meet? i low-key think my name was either after, after work or after work murder club which either way my manager saw that for me like i opened my so i had to share my screen hate that mm. um and like my manager i think that's also so creepy she asks me to share my entire screen not like oh one tab. that's because so she's like specific yeah i never she's do like that. i'm sure that we'll go into other things then blah, i'll blah, blah. unshare and share again yeah it exactly two seconds. <laughs> so um and then i had to pull up oh google <laughs> And it has like two accounts and one, but one is called After Work, and she's like, "Oh, you have two accounts," um, <laughs> in her fucking flinglish. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, well, <laughs> because it said After Work, Thank not God. After Work Murder Club." Not like me. I'm like, "Oh, so you know, I I'm trying to keep work and private separate, so I have like an After Work account." That's in my, so smart. And I'm like, "Pat on literally, the back." <laughs> I had nothing to. I I literally had the word murder. I had like. A, an aggressive email and this was like us meeting this eight, i was like i feel like we're not gonna work out i was like listening the entire time i wasn't like registering what they were saying i just was like dying on the inside so yeah this is a psa to anyone out there if you have a google meets meeting make sure you check which gmail you're logged in on you never know if you're like pussy at gmail.com <laughs> like make sure that that's not the email because I mean, your manager might see yeah. it your name will be pussy in the meeting probably so <laughs> Yeah. But then we, so I told you guys that we um, have the stats now, now that we went pro. And, um, well, oh, I have a little confession to make, but I listen to our podcasts on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts just to hear what it sounds For like. like third-person POV. I love that because... Um, <laughs> You know, there's always one of us that tells the story and then the other one maybe edits it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's always kind of like a nice surprise to hear what came from it because we're together for an entire night. We're drinking wine. You never know Girl. where it's going to end up. And then I hear this um, 
episode and it's just really nice to see like what came from it. So I'm listening to this. So we already know that one of the Belgian listeners is me. Um, and then we're trying to figure out, okay, who do we know that might be listening to this? <laughs> and we have one Belgian person listening to this and we don't know who you are. And we hope you're not Elisa's manager. Oh my God. I <laughs> that swear did see after to work God. Murder Club after all. He like does, he's going to like bring it up during my appraisal. I'm like, okay, so <clears throat> I'm not going to call you out, but if you're Elisa's manager, please bring this up during her appraisal. Cut this out. Um, Cut this out. <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. Uh, also, please don't tell anyone in the company. Please, please don't. don't. My little—it's the only reason I'm still alive at this point. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Like> dramatic. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I feel like that was so much to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, Did we you. say that you're at the After Work Murder Club right now, guys? If you're lost, this is where you are. You were just listening to my lovely co-host Elisa, and that's the light of my life, Sophie, who is also my co-host. <laughs> And today we are um, talking about another Belgian case. So for a lot of you guys, might be a little bit more obscure, might be a case that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Elisa's Belgian and she's never heard of it. But I know of, I'm very curious. Yeah, right now. and uh, this was a case that if you were living in Belgium at the time, mm-hmm. you would have known, like we were old enough, but you weren't here for it. Well, you... how, when was this? 2009. I was here. That's the thing. Were you I here? was. I left in 2012. I was here between 2004, 2012. Oh, wow. So that's why I'm like... So you might know it. Maybe. Maybe when I talk about it, you're like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. It's that dude. Maybe. Yeah. Like right now, I cannot but, for the and life of me. But even if, like, because uh, this is a huge case in Belgium. I feel like hey, I feel even like if you're not, if, if, if you are not into true crime, you know it. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure you know it, but then you won't know all the details. You like, yeah, for it's sure just not. that guy that yeah. blah blah blah. I legit can't even like guess okay. what it could just be. want to make a disclaimer again that since i'm more into the european cases i researched this in mostly flemish but also french oh god and i'm on the spot now translating to the uh english to dutch. so <laughs> to, dutch? <laughs> to english so my english is going to be even more shit than it usually is so bear with me um but if you're ready i'm Really ready. Born right. ready. Let's go then. Oh so, <clears throat> on Friday, January 23rd of 2009, at exactly 10.19 a.m., a caretaker of a day nursery called Fabelchisland, which is like... You know how daycares have these cute... They always have the weird... Cute like, names. Fairy tale names. Fairy tale names that are like kind of creepy, kind of cute. Yeah. I don't know. Um, she called the local 911 and she tells a terrible story she says before she passes out she's able to say an unknown man has walked into the daycare and is stabbing carers and babies okay i have never heard of this shit before in my life and i was here you were here (laughs) and it's happening like a 29 minute drive from your home just saying Oh my god. Where was I? What was I doing? (laughs) The police, they're dumbfounded, right? They're like, wait, where are you calling from? And she managed to say Dendermonde. 
and they're like wait oh my god what is happening there like that like what are you saying they're so confused like these people get calls about um burglaries and that's like the talk of the town for yeah, like three yeah. months right um so they don't know what's happening but they respond really quickly is they send people on the way okay, they're like work. i don't know what she's saying but, like, but we should go there um and the first side they don't know how serious it is but they drive there immediately <laughs> what they find there is the work of a man who later on will turn out to be the most deranged serial killer in recent Belgian history. The cock (laughs) is the shit right now. What was going on in 2029? What was going on in 2009? So um, when they step onto the scene, they don't, like, they see nothing but panic, blood, literally oh my god babies yeah. and adults everywhere like little corpses one of the first officers to arrive at the scene uh he had the reflex to go to one of the caretakers who was there who was wounded but she was conscious and um he asked her like can you tell me anything are you okay can you tell me anything she is was he, just laying there is he still here and she was like uh. but she was conscious she was on the floor she was on the floor and no she one was, on was like but carrying her out listen to me there's um, a lot of people to take God. care of at this point and she looks at him and in like a moment of clarity she says he has red hair oh um he is uh he's wearing makeup white makeup with black around his eyes my god he came in and he started stabbing and then he fled on his bicycle it's like ronald mcdonald and i'm like like i wrote here because i prepared this case a few weeks ago i wrote here in parentheses have you ever heard something more flemish than that not he the fled bi- on the his bike, bike. The bike. The bike. He, wait, he fled on his bike. Come again. <laughs> so he got there on his bike. Yeah, he just so, like, biked there. So she says, and she passes out. Very dramatic. So the police then immediately starts to spread the message so that the police who were patrolling could look out for him. Holy but shit. they still had to be to make sure that he's not in the building, right? So she could say that, but she's also, yeah. like, she's been stabbed. Yeah. Um, so she we don't know sure. where her mind is yeah. at. Uh, maybe she thinks she saw someone flee on a bike, but he's still there. So they do a thorough sweeping. And, um, like, everywhere they go, they see blood until they enter, a, like, one of the last rooms. And they almost didn't see it, but then on a second look... They see two babies, unharmed, asleep. Oh my god. And immediately they think, we've been through all the rooms, there's blood everywhere. These babies were probably asleep so quietly (gasps) that he didn't see them. And immediately, like, I um, watched interviews with um, the officer that did the sweeping. He was like, immediately I thought like you have a guardian angel this, like, yeah. like i'm sure that he just overlooked you he didn't spare you did all. he kill every other baby wait so um now that they're sure that he was no longer in the building um they do kind of like a roundup of everyone there's 15 wounded people there's okay. 15 people to be taken care of later they will find that um there's two dead babies 
one dead caretaker and 11 other babies were seriously wounded a lot of them who still carry their injuries to this day yeah because you're still so small yeah so um this motherfucker stabbed 14 people and babies including babies okay that's a whole other level of like psychotic is if you're going after babies in cribs so I'm like, how do you not know this case? Because like well, the how? entire country was shook to the I core. feel like my parents wouldn't. I don't know. Your parents are for sure going to know this case. Due to all the commotion, everyone like in this little town comes over. They're like, okay, why is like why are all first responders here? Um, and it's not long before parents start arriving. But the scene is closed for track. So imagine being that parent. Imagine being the like imagine being there and imagine the panic of not being able to go inside yeah, and to like check. look for your child you're just waiting to see if they bring you're out like, your kid yeah yeah your baby and are, and how are they bringing it out yeah yeah um holy shit at that point so i already told you they kind of um they were quite kind of quick to respond so police is there first responders are there and police is spreading the message um over intercom like what he might look like um shook at the efficiency other, yeah shook like, at the efficiency them, especially like, for belgium i'm like what? shook but thank yeah. god and so other witnesses come forward because this is a very like small town and they're like oh yeah well we saw someone on a bike and he With must be red like hair 28 years old he's one meter 78 um he's red hair he's dressed completely gray with a gray backpack and he's on a mountain bike (laughs) that's so it's not just uh, uh, it's not just any bike it's a mountain bike and (laughs) it's just i feel like in other countries if you're on a bike that's specific enough in belgium you have to kind of like specify what bike it like is it's not that a you're city on bike, guys it's like a so it's fucking like, i know that terrain. you uh, when you look for people you will cross approximately 373 people on a bike but With it's a mountain hair. bike yeah literally that's insane yeah the mountain bike sales plummeted that day holy shit so police starts driving around and after an hour they're afraid like He's probably gone. So everyone, like every policeman around is driving around. And uh, one policeman decides to return home. He's done literally all the roads that he knows. And he's like, maybe, you know, I should check the kind of like off-road paths because he's on a mountain bike. Maybe that's because he wanted to go through the field. He checks that, doesn't find anything. So he drives back home. And a few blocks from his house in Lebeke, um, he crosses a young man on a black mountain bike and he couldn't see his face in the oh. moment they crossed so at the end of the streets he makes a u-turn and he pulls up to the young man is he to in take... a cop car yeah he's on a, co- in a so cop the car. dude knows it's a cop yeah so he crosses it and he's like okay well, the, the guy's on a mountain bike that's like the most the closest Sus- thing that yeah, i've yeah, seen yeah. today to someone that might match the description yeah so but they cross and he can't really see his face he can't really see his hair it's color dark. and he's like you know what i've been looking for a long time but let me just check one more time yes. so he makes a u-turn absolutely good man makes a u-turn pulls up to the young man and he's looking but he's like i'm driving really slow next to you i'm in a cop car a normal person's reflex would be to look to the left 
and like make eye contact with the person in the car and like what you want yeah, right? yeah. but this man is like staring straight ahead <laughs> dude that's um, so fucking weird <laughs> and he says he's also sitting on his bike in a strange way like a mountain bike is the kind of bike that you ride more in like a um sporty way like you lean and forward. this guy is like sitting in this mountain bike like he's never like he's never done that before yeah. it's, uh, he's he's so rigid rigid yeah um so he's like he pulls him over and he he um the young man immediately stops um and he gets off his bike and he stands next to his bike and like a kind of the officer described it as like a military way he's like standing straight up next to his bike um gaze like to nowhere to nowhere and he's Ew. like he's like super serious he's not like okay um hello officer why are you Ew. pulling me over it's so strange this is um, dark in the forest no, this is just no. This is just a random street, like he's on, not on a like, dirt road. Uh, no, he's not. Oh. On a, so the officer left the dirt okay. roads, and he's just driving home. Oh, so he's just like fuck. in a residential area. Yeah, Jesus. right. Um, he says, "Okay, what's your name?" He doesn't answer. Where are you from? He answers that, and he says, "I'm from Grimbergen, another small town in the area." Yeah, honestly, um, and he's like, "Okay, so where are you going?" He's like, "Oh, I'm on my way to a shopping center." And he points in the direction of another small town, but obviously it's the officer is from the area, and he's like, "Why are you pointing to Opstal, where there's literally nothing, a church and a bar? Yeah, there's like no shopping, shopping center." center nothing there's like five shopping centers so he's like oh okay let me just you know write down that i because you know i have to make um, a statement for everyone i pull over blah 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 and he um discreetly informs his <gasps> colleagues he's like you know this guy is answering to a few of the aspects but not everything so he's he's not wearing gray coat he's wearing a dark blue coat mm. and he doesn't have makeup on his face with mm. black eyes. It's yeah. not, but he does have red hair. Oh, that's and he oh, shit. is driving a mountain bike and he has a backpack. Yeah. A great okay. backpack. Okay. So, you know, um, he tells the guy, you know, wait here. And two teams arrive at the scene. The guy doesn't resist anything. He doesn't try to flee. Nothing. Oh, um, and they start searching him. Like, I understand the officers. He's like, I'm not going to, like pat him down or anything when i'm alone because if it is this guy he has a knife on him yeah and he killed babies he will not stop to fuck you up nope um so two teams arrive two um police teams arrive and um they start searching him and they find that he's wearing a bulletproof vest as one does. As one does. <laughs> on as one does bike. on a mountain bike. Um, and in his backpack, they find a short axe and a large knife. So, and then I wrote, so then they knew for sure, right? <laughs> I mean, the bulletproof vest is a little sus. Yeah. And um, so the bulletproof vest kind of proves to us that he was... Pre- he was prepared to be caught by police, right? Because I, especially in Belgium, maybe we have to clarify for american listeners but you're not allowed to carry a gun so 
um, caretakers in a child, like a baby nursery daycare type of situation, <laughs> don't carry guns, okay? So if you're wearing a bulletproof vest, it's because you think that someone with a gun well, fuck you might up. AKA fuck law you enforcement. Up. Yeah. So law enforcement. So this man came prepared. And not only did he come prepared by wearing the bulletproof vest, he's also not carrying any ID or he did not bring a mobile phone. So nothing tied up. So nothing with. that could identify him. So if him. he were to be dead, they'd be like, oh, we have so no idea. So if he says, he like, my name is Albert Einstein, they'd be like, okay. We have no way Like, to we have no it. way to prove yeah. that you're not Albert Einstein. Um, he says his name is um, Francis Verbeek. It's not ring a bell. Um, spoiler alert, this was not true. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. <laughs> um, it's a and random he gives fake a wrong name. address. Um, so they check the address. Of course, there's no Francis Verbeek living on this address. Yeah. Um, so the only thing police can do is take him to the station, take a picture of him and send it to all police zones um, they know yeah. to check, you know, do you know this guy? That's um, crazy. Do you know of him? Um, and he did not cooperate at all. Yeah, no shit. Um, even in the sense that when he had to be transferred from the police station to where he would be inter- uh, interrogated, he did not want to go. They had to carry him. Yes. <laughs> there's there's clips of him. I you hate can find that. You can, clips of like two policemen carrying him into the interrogation. Is he like room. completely stiff? He's like stiff. He's like a plank, <laughs> man. This dude is really like he's like he's not walking. He's it's not so talking. It's so weird to me he's how like, he resists semi resists that, but when the police officer was like pulling him over, he wasn't like biking away. From what we will hear foreshadowing, I think the thought of getting caught was like ninety percent of his fans just like yeah because like he's wearing a bulletproof vest like, like he's like people, he's already yeah. thinking yeah I yeah, don't know that's just me speculating though anyway <clears throat> um so he doesn't want to go um he is in a chair blankly staring ahead and he's not saying a word um they knew within thirty minutes they knew like a normal interrogation will not work for this Mm -hmm. guy we need to set everything up we need to be able to analyze him um afterwards Mm -hmm. so they set up an entire audiovisual room and i know that in the states from watching too way too many youtube videos that might be more standard but here to record and um film Mm -hmm. anyone while they're being uh, interrogated it's not, it's not that common. Yeah. It's, it's not that standard. Um, but within 30 minutes, they're like, okay, we need to Big do guns. this because afterwards we need to be able to make an analysis of like every move. Like yeah. if he blinks, maybe that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Holy shit. So, um, yeah, they do that. Um, and they um, they set up an, an entire interrogation studio. They bring him there. They, they literally carry him him there the first interrogation took hours they did everything to get one word out of him and he did not speak a word so five hours later they didn't even know what his voice sounded like insane so they put him in a chair so they carry him in they put him in a chair he does not move for five hours he He's in a position that's also like super uncomfortable. He lets his 
arms hang down that's until they were swollen and blue. That's insane. They had to have paramedics come in and hold his arms up. He just completely was like passive. He was super passive. Like it takes such a, a massive amount of willpower yeah. to keep your hands yeah. like this when they're swollen yeah. and blue, literally. And he does not move. Um, you have to like you have to give him that. He, it's fucking psychotic. He's some perseverance. Literally. <laughs> um, so they still don't know. After five hours, they still don't know who he is. He's not talking. He's told them that he's Francis Verbeek. He, they have told him we know that yeah, he's not Francis yeah. Verbeek. He's not telling them anything. How has he not pissed himself yet? Like, so, does yeah. he not need to go to the bathroom? I willpower. That's... Um, so, uh, right now you have the room, like the team in there with him trying to interrogate him. And then you have the room, the, the team kind of like looking for yeah, the yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're trying to find clues and stuff like that. So they go through his backpack, um, which they confiscated mm-hmm. at the scene, of course. Mm-hmm. And what they find there is a little plan, um, like a little like Google Maps printout. Mm-hmm. where he marked the daycare that he attacked oh shit and he also marked two other daycares oh shit and they're like the fuck he was on his way he was biking your man his way was over there making his way making Jeez. his way downtown like on his mountain bike <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck that's insane um, but so the daycares are kind of like in a circle moment and they're like okay if we take this radio that's all around the same little town hmm. so they're like he must be he must be from the neighborhood so in the end <laughs> they went old school Knock. and they took they took a picture of him to the local butcher oh my fucking only and Belgium. there's a few people there buying their steaks that's and they're like oh I know him <gasps> he's the son of so and so she oh my god of course like they sent out his pictures hours ago to all police zones but they have to go to a butcher to find out who he is how did the police yeah how did they not they're like okay let's go old school yeah because he wasn't known to any of the authorities at this point so um you know your people buying their um steaks are like oh yeah he's the son of so-and-so that's his name why are you looking uh for him they're like okay no no worries worries. we found his backpack yeah um so uh they go back and what the people told him his name is kim de gelder does not ring a bell kim kim de gelder yeah it's a women's name (laughs) is it i mean no it's it's the kind of name that you can use for both kim yeah Oh shit, I did not yeah. know that. Strange. Okay. He's also the only Kim that I know. No, I know two Kims. Dudes? Him and another dude. I've never heard of a man Kim before in my life. Well, Holy now shit. we have. So they go back and they think shock effect, right? Um, they think oh, we're going to call him Kim during the interrogation. and He's not going to fucking do he's, anything. He's going to respond, right? <laughs> no reaction. Of course not. Because probably thinking like only now, like after yeah, all yeah, these yeah, hours. Damn. Um, so um, at this point, like investigators are pretty sure that he must be mentally ill or in shock. I mean. Um, they leave the interrogation room and to get like first aid for him or something like a shock blanket 
I don't know, to think, you know, what are our next steps? Like switch and up the strategy. Soon, like, like, because these in, in interrogators were in there with him for like six, six, seven hours. They did not leave him. Mm-hmm. They leave the room and immediately the team that was behind the cameras see that he's starting to stretch. <gasps> he's like, ooh, he's not in shock. He's not frozen. He's like starting to stretch his neck. He's like holding that his That is so up. psychotic that he literally like And then waited. they're like, oh, okay, maybe he's just a fucking sick fuck. Yeah, he, I mean... <laughs> That's so creepy seeing someone not do shit for six hours and as soon as they leave. Like he's, like, he's been consciously listening this entire like Like he's heard everything. He that's says. so fucking I don't know why that's like really freaking that's, me out. Like when I read that I was oh like Oh my god. Fuck. Ew. Like you would think like, oh maybe he's like out the way of it. they described it was like Oh, so then we started doubting if he was in shock. But I translated that to now they think, okay, maybe he's just a fucking sick fuck. Yeah, he's been acting this yeah. whole time. That's so, that's so creepy. Now police knows who they're dealing with. And um, they start searching his apartment. They go to his parents' house. Because once you know who someone is, especially in the small it's towns, easier. it's very easy to find out where they live, mm-hmm. where their parents live, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so they go and search his parents' house. The only thing that they find in the parents' house that's worth mentioning mm-hmm. is a letter from the parents asking a psych ward... <gasps> For him to be committed. And uh, in this letter, they basically explain, like, we've noticed that our son does not have any empathy. Um, He's um, isolating himself. um, And we are afraid that he might be a danger to himself and others. So this is a letter from the parents to the psych But they never sent it. They did send it. And then they got a uh, response saying that he was not like they were not going to commit it why not so because it was not serious enough too many people so it's two letters and they confiscate these two letters and that's the only thing worth mentioning but uh, for me that's like a very that's very key piece of evidence yeah so they go over to his flat his own flat is almost empty there's when they enter it they see a small coffee table and a fridge it's like the rickety clean oh it's clean it's super like no no it's super clean it's like there's nothing there he never lived there's like like a couch you know did he he sit in like a lawn chair you know like those foldable no he didn't he didn't even have like an outdoor space but so there's a small coffee table and a fridge that's all there is like imagine like this entire apartment there's all there is is a fridge and a coffee table. And then they, when they go into his room, they find um, a mattress on the floor. Oh, my God. And a wooden plank. Me in January <laughs> when I move. Literally. <laughs> Literally me next week. <laughs> a coffee table, a fridge, a, a mattress, mattress on the floor, on the floor. and a plank. What's a, what's a plank for? And they were like, okay, so we enter. He has a, um, a coffee table because... He's probably using that to sit on, to oh put something on. Like you know, you have he to have even something. Have a chair? No, he didn't have a chair. There's literally a coffee table and a fridge, nothing else. That's so fucking weird. That's weird, right? And then you know, you have a mattress on the floor. Okay, I can accept that. And then sure. why do you have a plank? 
Um, so when they turn the plank around, they see that he drew a human silhouette on there. And it had, like, marks of being stabbed. Oh my fucking god. Then they entered the bathroom and they found shampoos to color your hair. Dude, I knew it. In all colors possible. Um, And then in the bin, there's some food, like, leftovers. But there's also an itinerary to a street in a nearby town like so they're like okay that's strange so they check with other police officers and they're like is something going on in this town and turns out um detectives have been looking for a murderer (gasps) in this little town on this street um for the murder of a 73 year old woman she was murdered oh my God. with 17 stabs of a knife, of a large knife. Murder and motive are unknown. There's no DNA at the scene. There's no fingerprints. There's nothing stolen. There's no weapon. She's so they, by herself. Um, no, it's actually her husband who found her. Oh but my when God. investigators come to the scene, they oh. cannot find anything. And they've been searching for a week, but nothing. So this happened the week before. Yeah. This happened the week before. Jesus. And, um, well, at this point... Yeah, I mean... People, like, police are thinking, well, maybe he had something to do with it. He dong, <laughs> Ding dong. Um, <laughs> like a map. And they're like, trash. oh my god, do we have a serial killer on our hands? Of course you have a serial killer on your hands. Yeah. He just murdered multiple babies and a caretaker. Yeah. But so they're finding all this out. Like hours are going by. Police is moving quickly. Like yeah. meanwhile, your man Kim's still motionless. Dude, that really like, in the same seat. Dis- so some time passes, and uh, your man does not want to talk. He didn't want to talk in Als. He doesn't want to talk in. He hasn't Bruch. said anything. He's so not far. said anything. Nothing. Damn. And some time passes, and then the police chief of Als receives. Uh, receives a phone call from the prison in Bruges saying that Kim finally wants to talk to him. Oh, but like randomly. Okay. After days. I feel like that's like when a guy ghosts you and like after a couple months he's, he's like, hey. like, you up? <laughs> Where you at? <laughs> so like, guys just don't have that kind of, they have no. the audacity. They have the audacity. They're like, maybe now's a good time. They're like, this feels great. Let's let's say that like, I want to talk I now. I feel like talking now. That's, I mean, honestly, I don't think you need to look much further than that. So uh, the policeman of Alst, he's like every girl ever. Probably like he's jizzing. like, yeah, yeah literally. I'm, I'm free right now. <laughs> it's coming right now. Well, you know, I had plans, but they were canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would if I were him, get on the first. Right? Like, get right in my So um, he goes over there and he's like, he's pumped, right? This guy that was completely deranged like they've never experienced anything like this before he wasn't talking nothing wants to talk and he's specifically asking for this officer in the police station where he was the fact that apprehended he knew his name. yeah um he specific specifically asks to talk to him so he goes over there and the first conversation he has with kim he's in complete denial the only thing he responds to concerning the facts mm-hmm. is like well, you say that I did those things, but I can't believe that. Like, surely I didn't. 
Like you're oh, you're my, telling me that like I did those things. Insanity card. Uh, I, I don't. So he doesn't want to talk. Um, he does want to talk, but just not about the facts. So he's asking about um, uh, all policemen's hobbies, the weather, and like w- one is telling them that he he has a vegetable garden. Cute. He's like, oh, what you grow? Good for him, yeah. And the officer is like, oh, tomatoes, and he's like. Oh, and so how are they? They're really nice. Are they nicer than store-bought tomatoes? Yeah, they surely are. Like at this point, they're just so happy that he's... Speaking. And they're like, let's keep him talking. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep him talking. So they're talking about their fucking tomatoes That's and lettuce. Insane. Imagine being that officer. But he's not, like, he's not talking about the facts. Uh, when the facts are mentioned, he goes straight into robot mode and he sits motionless, staring ahead and doing the exact same thing. The this exact same... Th- trick he pulled on officers during his first interrogation so So they're like ah fuck we cannot talk about it like if we want to keep him talking Mm -hmm. we cannot talk about the facts but that's just not acceptable right because that's the only thing they're interested in so (laughs) they think okay um uh, let's whip out some pictures Okay. Let's um, whip out some pictures some of the, um, yeah, of like, you know, maybe the 73-year-old woman we think he murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's whip out some pictures of the murder scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, at this point, it didn't really need his statement because there was enough material evidence, think about large knife, small axe, um, to link him to the axe. Also, when For the we, lady, the woman? Like, no, the, the babies. Okay, But okay. then um, later on, they even found, while he was still not talking, except for about vegetables, um, they also found the blood of the old lady on one of his t-shirts. Holy shit. Where? In his house? In his in apartment? In his house. Um, so he was in, interrogated for weeks. Um, and for weeks, he said he didn't remember anything. He just, He's just fucking completely with blacked so out. Hard. And um, he's basically keeping investigators on a leash, yeah, honestly, I'll, just yeah, to get attention. Yeah. Um, it's working. And uh, investigators are really getting extremely desperate at this point. Uh, they said, you know, we've had people that were hard to crack, but even though we didn't need to have his testimony because we had all the evidence we knew that he was going to court things like that mm-hmm. as an investigator it's so fucking frustrating yeah, you if you cannot yeah. crack the person yeah. also to determine his sentence they would need to know if he was insane mm-hmm. um would he ever do this again mm-hmm. um Does he have like remorse? what was his motive yeah. does he have remorse at all yeah um, and then one day he walks in and um, the investigator on the case, I saw an interview with him. He's like, I looked at his face and I knew this is this is the day. Oh, shit. This is the day we leave the topic of tomatoes and lettuce. Love and it. we talk about what happened. Finally. And um, he's ready to talk. And at this point, he tells investigators that it was voices in his head telling him, ordering to do these things. (laughs) I put in parentheses again. Come on, Kim. You needed weeks to come up with that? That's serial killer classic. That's literally day one. (laughs) The voices told me. I'm like, voices in your head? Like the neighbor's dog? We've heard it all before. 
Hello. It's like, I would hope it would be a little bit more creative than that. Yeah, like, be creative. say it's the devil or something yeah. talking to you in your sleep. So he says it's male voices. And male sometimes love it. he even sees like human silhouettes talking to him. Instructing oh, I hate him. this, yeah. Color your hair. Go there and kill these people because these people are bad. Mm-hmm. They never. And it's all very yawn. <laughs> yeah, they don't instruct him to like get furniture. To me, anyway. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is all you come up with, anyway. He thinks he's so smart, and he thinks investigators are so stupid. Um, and they, he thinks that they believe he has a mental illness. Like he's telling oh. them about these voices that he's hearing, and he's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> they believe me, and I'm just playing uh, them." He's even bragging about this in jail class, dude. Sick. Do they do they do this here where they have like jail rats that work for the police no. to like reduce their sentence? We're not, Amer- we're not America, okay. but I'm some, so for that though. Yeah, I love I that. That's so cool because uh, some of these people came forward and said like oh yeah he was bragging about fooling you that's guys. insane so yeah. good for them good i for know them. that like they probably got whacked in prison but like they're probably selling drugs and cigarettes it's but, fine they're probably fine. like on top of that prison hierarchy love it right so classic but then your man realizes that he was using the whole i hear voices thing so that he um so that he'll have to go to like a psych ward versus prison but then he realizes okay in a psych ward i might walk around all day in a white yeah, tracksuit and have <laughs> breakfast in a garden but i might not get out for the rest of my life yeah. versus in jail i might get raped in the bathrooms mm-hmm. but you know maybe i'll get out in 25 years yeah so um he chooses jail and he your boy changes strategies i love this your boy changes strategies he's like wait no he's like (laughs) let me tell you the story that actually went down okay um out of all the conversations that have happened up until this point and that will happen from here onwards investigators could just really gather that he had a serious self-esteem um problem really yeah you wouldn't say Would not have, the single coffee table is really what saved me on that <laughs> truly if you don't have a chair you have, you have issues <laughs> um he like all the time he's using like a semi-intellectual language to show that he's superior it's very obvious that he thinks he's more intelligent than investigators so he tells them he had always had the urge to kill even when he was a kid and then they asked him like why where does this urge come from why do you have the urge to kill even when you were a kid Mm -hmm. like you know this is where they really leave the door open for him to be like i was abused as a child yeah okay um because he's he's like out of revenge because it's the worst thing that you could do to someone so he understands. Wait, that's he insane. understands yeah, that yeah. killing someone is like, the worst thing that you can do. So for me, that shows that he has a perception of morality. He yeah, knows yeah, that yeah. it's the worst thing you can do. But revenge on what? I love. It. See, this shows why Elisa and I are friends because <laughs> I literally wrote down this annoys me. Why does he need revenge? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> Let's back up and talk a bit about where he came from okay okay we're getting the answers because like yeah he clearly is sane period yeah so he wants he just fucking he wants revenge for what 
let's got bullied in school that's let's, my guess let's let's go over it okay because there's not a lot there okay okay spoiler alert so your man he's an only child and um say no more no kidding <laughs> his parents and his grandparents are so loving and caring I, oh my god yeah they love him to pieces oh. Um, he had a, a very normal, standard Flemish childhood. His mom was a stay-at-home just mom. Ba- yeah. His dad was just, you know, trying to make a living for his family. Mm-hmm. He was a happy kid. He was also a smart kid. He was very talented. Like, everything he started, he was good at. He played music. He was interested in culture, history. He was a member of a youth movement, which, um, you know, the episode of the... Um, uh, Girl Scout murders. Episode we ex- three. <laughs> we explained to you guys that that's not a weird thing in Belgium. Like you're cool if you join. Yeah, if you want to hear Sophie's Girl Scout experience, go listen to episode, episode three, three. Camp Scout <laughs> murders. You'll hear all about it. <laughs> <laughs> but purity changed everything. Not surprised by that. Honestly, Aww, doesn't it? Change <laughs> How do we all change? <laughs> but when he was 15, it was that was like the turning point where. Same. His- <laughs> his parents were like okay that's where it went all downhill there's not much known like his parents are also kind of like private about Mm -hmm. you know the struggles that they had because you know there's a lot of people having struggles with their teenage child and you just i think at that point you try to write it off and be like oh he's a he's you know he's a difficult teenager (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but there's rumors that one night his parents woke up to him being in their bedroom in the middle of the night with a knife oh my fucking god they're gonna say crying and i was like been there knife Mm, have not been there (laughs) oh my god right so at this point the the parents are like wait middle of the night knife Mm, that's not great so uh his parents did everything to help him they took him to doctors psychiatrists they tried to literally have him committed to psych word um but it was never serious enough uh, because remember Dude. he has not got a men- mental illness this man is behaving like someone who is quote-unquote clearly deranged mm-hmm. um but he does not he does not have a mental illness so whatever he goes to a psychiatrist he leaves all of that behind like the whole show behind yeah his whole acting he leaves that behind and they're (gasps) like well there's not necessarily anything wrong with your son like maybe it's just a difficult parent-child relationship um and when i was reading this my heart breaks for his parents yeah um they these people have literally literally done everything that can be expected of parents and more yeah they love their child they want to get him help when i was watching interviews uh, there's one of the um, legal psychiatrists you know the the ones that they the court appointed yeah, yeah. psychiatrist he was like after a lot a lot a lot of talks with him mm-hmm. i came to the conclusion that this man had the choice between choosing evil and good and he chose evil yeah. it's just a, it's, it's a conscious choice it's like a two-way path but of course as a parent you don't believe that you're like okay he's obviously troubled let's get him help um and that's also when they write the letter the letter mm-hmm. that they found mm-hmm. um and um so he was never admitted anywhere i know that like at one point he's like I want to go live by myself. And I understand by that point, mm-hmm. his parents have been 
trying to get him help for three to five years. Mm-hmm. So I do not blame them for being like, okay, maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs a little Like space. they need to stop helicoptering. Maybe, like he's an adult now. Mm-hmm. Literally, um, we tried yeah. everything, but maybe he's just this kind of like weird person. He has to learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So um, he goes and lives by himself his reason eventually turns out to be um so that he could prepare himself in peace for um taking the revenge on society okay that we're back to the revenge seeks. yeah yeah so he says that he's been angry with everything and everyone and therefore prefers to kill as many people as possible okay okay he doesn't buy furniture, as we know, um, but he does buy a mobile phone, which he only uses for the crimes, and he buys knives. So, two key purchases, if you ask me. I swear to God. Um, with these knives, he practices on the silhouette that they would later find, find in his apartment. That's insane. And he also uses these knives to commit the crimes that we've talked about. On his computer, they find drafts of logos. So he's um, designed logos that are very similar to those of the Research Center for Water and Soil Pollution. Oh. Um, he's printed them on t-shirts oh, through an shit. online website. What? Um, and later would use them to go up to houses of potential victims. He colors his hair and creates false passes. So he'd take pictures of him with like the new hair color and he'd use a false name and um, a picture with the colored hair and like some made up job title. And then he'd also put on there um, the the um, phone number of mm-hmm. the burner phone mm-hmm. that he purchased um honestly straight up movie shit i was gonna say the red (laughs) hair is giving me very much squid game right to be honest they were really bad as well like we'll upload some pictures on instagram but i'm telling you this will only work on sweet 70 plus of course people in a small town they see a young lad he has a t-shirt and everything oh he's doing his job of course of course of course in any case this guy planned everything for months um on january 16th 2009 he finally came to the conclusion that it was time to carry out whatever it is what he was planning so he rode his bike to elza (laughs) bike (laughs) i forgot about that i know (laughs) so he rode his bike to elza ramandong the 73 oh year old woman oh my god her name was elsa uh, yeah elsa. it's like elisa without the eye that's <laughs> <laughs> so sad um so and he oh. rode his bike there exactly according to the road that he mapped out oh my god and on the way like halfway he stopped and he applied a beauty mark to his cheek and he put on fake glasses and then when he arrived at the home of elsa he like hit his bicycle behind the hedge because you know doesn't look very professional yeah like no actual person with a job would roll up to exactly. your house with a mountain bike and he uh reports um so i'm from this company of oh water and God. soil pollution blah 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 and he shows her the fake pass and like to her it must have looked legit because she just lets him into her home it's a vague enough thing to be like oh i have soil sure soil. i guess i, I don't mean, know like, what okay. do i know about it um 
It's like kind of smart. Uh, he's like, oh, it'll only take a few minutes. And it only took a mm. few minutes. He stabs her 17 times with his knife. Right away? Right away. Doesn't I'm, waste any time. I have goosebumps. Like, this really just... What and, the fuck? Um, that woman. Her husband would later find find her. Like, they, you know they've been married for so long. Like, all they know is each other. He finds her, like, stabbed 17 oh, times. That's awful. Uh, after the facts he immediately goes home and he dyes his hair from blonde to brown because he was blonde at the time um he then sits for two to three hours on the like edge of his bath just (laughs) staring blankly ahead thinking how on earth he was capable of doing such a thing like i'm seeing a pattern here what's with the staring dude I guess then he goes to bed because the next morning, the first thing he does is he washes the knife. Okay. He completely scrubs it clean. And then he puts it in front pocket of his backpack again. And then when he's done that, he sits down and he starts starts researching articles about El Salvador Amadonk. Right like, away. See if anyone has found her yet. Yeah. Um, are there any articles being written, mm-hmm. about, uh, written about her um so yeah he says later that he did feel bad at this point because he knew that that he had done something wrong but that it was his anger that took over and that kind of like told him you cannot stop now do we like the revenge is just him being mad at the world for no reason that's the revenge. Your man's literally got no reason to be mad at yeah, this so world. Revenge, so he can it's like, shove the revenge up his ass. It's, in his, it's completely And he made can up. call me personally at 047 <laughs> if he has a better excuse because fuck off. He takes a week to contemplate what he's done. And as I told you, um, his anger takes over. And um, he decides that there's nothing else to do for him um than to kill as many people as possible so he starts like drawing up his second plan um and um he is mapping out routes to three different daycare centers in Dendermonde. The fact he went from 73-year-old to seven-month-old. Yeah, when asked why day centers, he says, it's just, it's like, it randomly popped into my mind. Um, I know. He looked up everything, like how many people work in these daycare centers. Um, he had planned to go to centers where there's not too many adults working. And he was planning to like isolate one adult, kill them, then work his way up to the next one, kill them until all adults were killed. And then he could go. Oh my like, God. He just go ahead oh and babies. Oh my God. Oh so uh, he even prepared what he was going to say. So the one that he finally went to, Fabel Chisland, mm-hmm. um, he was going to say that he came to register his daughter. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. So um, one day he wakes up and he's like, today's the day, boys. So um, he made his way um, and he was planning to attack three daycare centers that day. He drives to the first address and he stops there and he kind of hesitates. And he's like, okay, what should I do? And then he decides to drive on because he sees too many adults at the exit of the daycare center. Imagine. Like, it's known what daycare center that is. Mm -hmm. Imagine the 
fucking bullet they dodged. He drives on. He rides on to the oh, next yeah. address. He's on his mountain and, bike. Um, yeah, he's on his mi- mountain bike. And Fabulous the one that he ends up attacking, it's a little bit more secluded. Um, so he parks his bike in front of the door. And um, he walks up. And the door is actually a glass door with a sensor. So it opens automatically. We don't Your love man's that. ready. We it's secluded. Door opens automatically. Let's go. So he steps inside. He takes out a knife out of his pocket immediately. And he enters oh the first God. door. And he's in a broom closet. I kid you oh, not. Shit. <laughs> and at this point, he panics. What a dumbass. He panics and he wants to leave the building. As he so should. He, he, go goes, he goes back to the hallway and he wants to exit the building. But you know how it opened automatically? Mm-hmm. It cannot open automatically from the inside. You have oh. to press a button. Because some of these kids yeah, are like yeah, two yeah. years old walk. and they just like walk everywhere. Yeah. They run everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Your man that thinks he's so smart, he doesn't fa- find the button. So at that point, obviously, he's like, okay. Then I have to go through with the plan. Duh. Because there's nothing else you can do. You cannot go up to someone and ask him for help. And like, I'm so sorry. Um, I just wanted to <laughs> use the bathroom. Like, you could do that, dude. Like, take your bike, go home. That, dye your hair. Yeah. I don't fucking yeah. care. Um, what happens next is what we already know. Mm-hmm. Is what we started the case with. So, um... The only thing we don't know is what the hell is his motive? Nobody knows Mm -hmm. what drove him. He has given several motives himself over like the time that he was interrogated. He said voices in his head. He said revenge on society. At one point he said revenge on his parents, but like literally his parents were the sweetest people Mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. Um, He said he was depressed. So he kind of wanted to save humanity from suffering. And he said he acted out of an inherent goodness. Go fuck yourself, okay? Inherent goodness. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Ew. man. Yeah, literally just don't like sit in your cell and fuck <laughs> So um they um declare him fit to stand trial. Good. He stands trial, mm-hmm. goes on for a long time. I'm very glad I wasn't there because I'm sure I would have cried my fucking eyeballs out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um not to my surprise he got life. Hey Oh work. He will serve life in prison. He's mm-hmm. in the prison of Odenare. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, shit. Okay. The chances of him getting out are, quote-unquote, rather small. So, yeah, let us know what you thought. Um, when you head over to our Instagram, you will <laughs> find a picture of your man. Your man at the time of the murders yeah. because let me tell you he's a shapeshifter yeah head over to our instagram to see like you will see multiple pictures of him and you will not recognize him in a single one um you will one. also see his fake passports his parents his parents his bike i don't know <laughs> uh let us know what you thought of this episode also let us know what you want us to cover next mm-hmm. like what you're into but thank you for listening to the After Work Murder Club. We were glad you were here with us today. We're hoping you're having a great day. If you're not, that's okay. You're not alone. You're not alone. 
we did cry a little bit in the archive room today. <laughs> so um, we're here with you um, and power through because we'll be back next Monday with another episode. Absolutely. We will not let you down. See ya. Bye, Bye. guys.